Hello there. Hey. Hey. How's it going? It's going. I'm exhausted. But it's oh my going. goodness, it's so late. I know. Oh, how did that happen? Oh, <sighs> Long day. I'm going to be gone for a while. So I had to spend some quality time with the fella. Where are you going? Warner Robbins. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm going to be, depending on what my um, schedule looks like next week, if I have to have any meetings or anything, I might just stay the week. So mm, okay. he ain't going to see me for a while. So he was like, where are you at? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I hung with him for a bit. And then my computer, it would have been fine, but my computer decided to act crazy. Yeah, so that's annoying. I was like, please cut it out. Right. Not tonight, of Not all nights. tonight, where it's like, and it wasn't even that late when I got home, but it was still like, it was crazy. Hmm. So annoying. Yeah, so. Good, good, good. So, um, shall we hop? T- oh, I'm Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I'm Andrea. And this is Wait. Tell me everything. Yeah, all the stuff. So a po- podcast where we chit chat. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> and thank you for joining us because I've you know realized that there are a whole lot of these podcasts where basically people um, chit chat. Some of them I find very interesting. Others is like, why do I want to listen to you talk to your friend? Like. It- and I'm like, you have a podcast where you do mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that thing. So then I yeah. shut up and go sit down somewhere. Go sit down somewhere. Have all the seats. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have to have all of the seats. <laughs> and in my personal section, I guess I'm going to talk about one of the things I kind of, that's come up when I've listened to the, the Harry Potter podcast. Oh, I need to get back to that. You know, um... I, they were, again, and I said this, I think, last week, I have so many things that I'm listening to mm-hmm. um, that I just, I can't, it's like, it's almost like listening has become my new watching, you know? Oh, I haven't watched TV, like, today, I decided to watch Housewives of Potomac and Married at First Sight, but I literally haven't watched TV in two weeks because I've been listening to that Harry Potter podcast like nonstop where I even miss some of my little regular little podcasts that I always listen to because I was all into it, which was kind of a mistake, which is because yeah. she the host one of the hosts I really like. The other one is like very annoying. I'll just say it now. She's I found her very annoying. Part and partly it's my fault because I've just been binge listening mm-hmm. to this podcast. So there's like a whole lot of her and the thing is, she really, as she talks, she really reminds me of me. 
And that's annoying because, <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm very self-aware. Like, whether I decide to change anything or not is a different story. But I kind of, I feel like I'm pretty self-aware. And this woman tends to have, like, all the traits that I don't like about myself. Mm, okay. And so it's kind of like, oh, God, she's so annoying. Why <laughs> 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 She quotes, like, you know, I've always referred to, like, John Mulaney and how funny I think he is. Like, she's, like, quoting John Mulaney. And I was like, why is this, like, my Latina, like, uh, counter, you know, doppelganger? It's so crazy. Like, she's in Ravenclaw. Like, all this stuff. Like, she's super She's crazy. Latina? She's mixed. Oh, okay. Because, I I mean, I had done no research on them. I really only listened to, you know, I think I'm still only on, like, episode four. She kind of refers herself as white because she, to me, she looks she Latina. sounds white, and in my mind, she's just, like, a plain white girl. No, she is, like, a chunky little Latina-looking lady. Really? Oh, that does mm-hmm. not match her voice at all. No. To me. Me either. Like, when I saw her, I was like, huh, Okay. But yeah, so it's it's crazy. So I was just like, oh my gosh, she's so annoying. But like I said, it's partly my fault because I've been <laughs> binge watching it. So it's kind of like... Binge listening. Pers- binge, thank you. Binge listening. <laughs> so it's like personality overload. So I'm just like tired. So I finally was like, I can't listen anymore. Yeah, no. And the thing is, when you listen to something, like even, even when you listen to things that are very well, well produced, but you binge listen your ear tunes into all the sound patterns and people's voices. And if there's any bit of like, uh, what is it? Vocal fry or any of that, mm-hmm. you know, that then your like ear just picks up on just that one thing and it becomes almost intolerable. So yeah, that's really hard. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, so I put, put the, I put the Harry Potter one down for a minute because I picked up the RFK tape Um yeah, that's what I need to pick up. And it's really good. And it's by Crime Town, which I love Crime Town. So, of course, they're doing a great job with it. It's very interesting. Um, and um, and then there's just all the stuff that I, you know, are, you know, our usual, like, my favorite murder comes out twice a week. And um, listening to my daily podcast that I listen to, my Albert Moeller and my, you know, so, like, there's just, mm-hmm. a, you know, it's just, there's too much. There's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is. It's like it's become my new uh, TV watching. I was like, oh, I really. And it's like- crazy because I got a free subscription to Hulu for thirty days, and I've just like wasted it. And, wow. Like, one of my friends works um, for Showtime, and she kind of listed like a free trial for Showtime, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yay! Then I was like, you're not gonna watch anything because you're not watching stuff. So like. Don't even just like wait cut it out. to stop. So I was just like, that, that sounds great. I love a deal. But then I was like, I, yeah, love a deal. I, I love a deal. But I was like, yeah, you're not going to watch it. So just cut it out. Wow. Yeah. There you have it. And there you have it. Mm-hmm. All right. What are your. Oh, gosh. See, I'm tired. See. I know. Mm-hmm. And I took some meds today to like oh. get me to sleep. Oh, great. They're like, they're not like, they're not for sleep. They're like my allergy meds that uh-huh. kind of do like 
everything I need it to do because it's like allergy meds, anxiety uh, meds, as well as it puts me to sleep. So it's like all the things I need, like the, all your issues in yeah, one issues in one medication. Wow, what's your magic pill? It's my magic pill. And so I haven't really been taking that one, but I was like, I'm exhausted. Like, my allergies are crazy. I'm, like, super anxious right now. I was like, so I need to start back to taking that one. And so I did. And usually it puts me to sleep. So I'm going to take a nice little afternoon nap. And I was working so much that that just did not happen. So I was just like, Mm. damn it. So... Yeah, I guess I'm mellow, Kristen, for a little bit, and then hopefully I will take another one and go to sleep. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, let's hold off let's on that second it. dose. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, oh my god, I would be sleeping like twenty minutes, which is great. Oh my god, that but, would be awful. Mm, well, not for the podcast, but great for me. Um, yeah, exactly. As soon as I get up. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Let's, go. let's do it. Um. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> I will. Um, so my two, I have two articles as usual. We're going to start um, uh, as usual with a, a more uh, hearty one. Um, and this is out of the Chicago Tribune, um, August 6th, um, an article by their um, combined editorial board. And the headline is Chicago's Great Shame, Chicago's Crisis, Blood on the Streets. A very dramatic um, headline, but for a very dramatic uh, weekend that they've had. So it starts off, um, this is regarding, bless you, it's regarding um, this past weekend um, from Friday to Sunday. Um, uh, hot summer weekend, it says Chicago should be its most livable, um, but there's been an undercurrent of dread and horror in the city. Summer is block party season, beach season, baseball season, but in some neighborhoods, summer is killing season. Uh, when armed gang members run amok, firing at each other and anyone in their way. The death and injury total, this is crazy, the death and injury total from Friday night to Monday morning numbs the senses. At least 74 people were shot and 12 of them killed, according Mm. to a tally by Tribune reporters, and this is as of uh, Monday afternoon. Sounds like Um, L.A. in the 80s. I mean, it's really, yeah, it's, it's like... It's in the th- that's the thing. It's it's pretty much this level of um, contained violence, you know, like mm-hmm. like the, you know, um, is pretty much unheard of now in in even like the most urban cities. Um, right. But for some reason, Chicago uh, can't seem to shake um, their um, their long history of violence and killing. Um, there, those are uh, figures from a war zone. They shouldn't reflect the reality of an August weekend in an American city. Chicago is the nation's bleak outlier, where a culture of violence and bloodshed devastates some areas. Over the course of one hour early Sunday, there were at least two incidents in which four people were shot, a drive-by shooting in West Humble Park and a shooting at a block party in Lawndale. Then in Gresham at around 12.40 a.m., shots were fired into a crowd of people who had attended a funeral repast. Eight people were struck with bullets, including a 14-year-old girl. At one point, Mount Sinai Hospital was so so busy it briefly stopped accepting new emergency room patients. Uh, Mass shootings in Chicago often involve gang members targeting rivals. Summer weather brings more people outside, 
which creates more opportunities for mayhem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, that part makes sense, but it's I, that, like the reason why it's involving all these crowds, but it's almost like if it's gang members targeting other rival gang members, then like target those rival gang members, not like random crowds of people. Well, the thing is, it's hard for, you know, people get in the way you know because you're shooting a gun like wildly in the air like sometimes people who weren't you know it wasn't meant for it i'm sorry this this whole article just reminds me of my childhood which is kind of like insane so okay go on mm-hmm. um so chicago uh police department chief of patrol fred waller told reporters a bad guy with a gun may be aiming at one person but will give zero thought to the uh, to others in the field of fire sure you shoot aimlessly like that, you are shooting into a crowd. Waller blames the violence on the proliferation of illegal guns in the city. He also blames the culture, quote unquote, because Chicago's terrible tradition of gun violence is connected to many aspects of life in the struggling pockets of the South and West Sides. He said gang members engage in mindless violence without any fear of consequence. If they've used a gun and are not incarcerated, they'll do it again. That's the life that they know. Um, and then it's, it goes on to just talk about the lack of job opportunities that contribute to the sense of hopelessness in these areas. Families mm-hmm. are fractured, creating a shortage of positive role models. Soon another generation coming of age is lost. Uh, Superintendent Eddie Johnson, uh, police superintendent, says, said at a news conference on Monday, we need parents to be parents. We need neighborhoods to be neighborhoods. You all know who these individuals are. They come into your homes every day, sleep with you every night. Grandparents, parents, siblings, significant others, you know who they are. And, um, and there was another article that also just referred to, you know, just the cycle of violence, the, you know, the, the infrastructure, the lack of infrastructure in these communities, and, um, and this idea that... Um, it's, you know, because of the rift between police and these neighborhoods, very much like in L.A. in the 80s and New York throughout, you know, the 70s <laughs> and 80s, yeah. um, you have a, a level of distress where, yeah, the, the people in the community who are under siege by the, the people in question are also tight-lipped about identifying um, for many reasons. Right, because you, know, you will get killed. Right, fear for your yeah, fear for your life, distrust of the of of police, law enforcement. You know, so it's an ugly combination of distrust in both directions that keeps people um, from talking and from you know uh, being free to participate in helping the neighborhood. You know, um, at least try to get rid of some of these folks or get them in jail. And the thing is, even if they go to jail, they're going to get back out and then they're coming back to your neighborhood. Um, You know, like you're not, you're not going anywhere. Someone else knows what you did and they will do it. I mean, again, like this. Yeah. And I think it's like one of the things they talked about it being summer. That's why a lot of um, cities started like summer basketball leagues Mm -hmm. or um, kind of recreational activities that's where you see the uptick in nonprofit organizations trying to do mm-hmm. mentoring and different things because they're trying to get, you know, kids off the street or young people off the street and get them into a kind of, you know, summer jobs program, get them into something um, positive and worthwhile so that they aren't on the street and like um, 
for lack of a better word, like bored where they're able to kind of go into these kinds of um, participate in these kinds of activities where it's like, okay, you know, killing somebody, shooting, you know, that's not behavior for when you're bored, but that's mm-hmm. what it becomes in certain, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's obviously that's if that's that's also the only place that you're getting affirmation. If you don't have, um, you know, father figures, role models, um, strong, strong, particularly strong male role models, uh, readily available to you. The people that take you in are the ones that you, um, emulate, you know? And so obviously that's a bit, you know, there's just so many contributing factors. It's all, you know, it's not, um, there's just so many things that need to be addressed. Um, that it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's a big big thing so um it says it just goes on to say that um you know his his making that you know addressing the community as a whole is not meant to absolve a chicago pd of responsibility for apprehending violent criminals or the courts from using tough and sentencing guidelines to get repeat offenders off the streets the police need community members to help fight crime but chicago has along with its gang problem significant trust issues between police and residents in some neighborhoods that's why it's mm-hmm. crucial for city hall uh, to sign off on a consent decree to start court monitoring of police reforms. Um, so that's something that I guess is um, trying to get pushed through. And um, last week, community activists shut down Lakeshore Drive to protest Chicago's violence. A similar July protest shut down the Dan Ryan Expressway. Those legitimate expressions of frustration frustration captured the city's attention for a short period of time the violence goes on and on from killing season to killing season it is the city's great shame and cannot be forgotten and i'm just uh, trying to figure out how they haven't gotten a handle on this when like you know like new york and la have like dramatically because part of that time was like you know crack and yeah like, everybody's just like on top of each other and mm-hmm. then like you know the New York projects, you know, have nothing on, well, maybe rival Chicago projects, but, like, New York projects were, like, their own animal. Um, well, I mean, and back in the 80s, New York, just as a city, period, I mean, yeah, it was it's like, unrecognizable. If you think about Central Park, um, and oh my how... gosh, that's one of my favorite things to do when I go to New York, is right. to, like, take a <laughs> stroll through Central Park. When I grew up hearing, like, I didn't go to New York for the first time until, like, the 90s, like, and sure. it was like after Giuliani and whatever, after it became Disneyland, everything was all cleaned up. And right. so, yeah, like, and so to hear like all these stories, it's like, oh, yeah, you better not be in Central Park. Cause at any just, time of day. At any at time all. of day, like, yeah. you're gonna <laughs> not make it out. And I can see it because it's like this expansive, like, you know, like, park it but yeah it's so beautiful like peaceful like one of my favorite things to do whenever I'm in New York just like walk like across mm-hmm. the park so that's like it's like yeah it's people are like oh my god because I still think it's dirty but they're like oh no this right is this is pristine yeah, yeah. and I would see like those pictures of like you know yeah if you websites. see old photographs old video yeah. I like the subway. Ugh, yeah, I don't know how any. I mean, it's it's a wonder that anybody bought like live there at all. <laughs> like, you, you know, like I like I see those videos and I think, okay, who like because I I like visiting New York, but it is 
the it is i am so not a new yorker in any way like i could not live there just the noise level the sort of like oh, franticness I of it. it i hate it and so i like being there for you know three or four days and kind of you know doing everything and then getting back on a place plane and coming right back to la and um and so I, you know, and that's just like, and that's with how it is right now. Like you said, like, it's like Disneyland. It's, you know, perfect and clean and completely, you know, gentrified you know, from, I mean, even Harlem, you know, especially Harlem, you know, like everything is. And it's sad to me that it took all of that for it to get cleaned up. But like, that's not a surprise. That's kind of Mm-mm. what gentrification is. And right, like, that's you what know, it is. It's, it's here, like it's happening in Atlanta. And it's just like, so upsetting on one part but Mm -hmm. you know and Inglewood oh Inglewood I'm still praying for y'all um so it's um (laughs) yeah so it's you know it's interesting it's no it is interesting so I mean so I can't imagine that level of like you know that kind of the New York energy and the frenzy and then on top of that have it be just so much of a hovel in many ways you know and not yeah, it's like people are just right on top of each other like you don't have any space to breathe like ugh. Mm, yeah that's what I feel like in New York all the time still even like I just feel like there is just too much the mass of humanity is what I know I like handle. seriously the first time I went it was hilarious because I was like you know if you're walking in LA no one's walking first of all but if you happen to be walking for whatever reason and you're at the corner crossing the street like you're usually the only person at the corner or maybe a couple other people in new york there are like 30 people on the corner with you and that like blew my mind I was like, yeah why are there so many people everywhere yeah there's just way too much contact like oh your shoulder is touching my shoulder like the cars all the cars like and And the honking I still, like, I remember, like, when we were there last time, which was a few years ago, and it was, like, you know, it was one of those nights we'd been out late, we got home, it was, like, three in the morning or something, and we're, like, you know, getting ready for bed and just trying to, like, you know, get, you know, wash the day off of us and, like, climb into bed, and I was, like, why can I still hear honking? Because <laughs> we were in Midtown, so we were, like, oh. kind of in the thick of everything, because I wanted to be, like, Usually I don't stay in Midtown. I usually stay out in Brooklyn or something. But I was like, I want to be like in the city so we can like walk to things and like mm-hmm. not be as far out. And it was. But... We were in a great location, but it was so loud oh my god all so of yeah, the time, like and the it never game. stopped. Yeah, I was like, as soon like yeah, being in a taxi, as soon as you like the light turns green, there's honking. I was like, can they have time to no. press the pedal first? No. So yeah, it's it's insane, but yeah, I do love New York. It's crazy, but yeah, I don't see like I can live there either. But like, oh my gosh, like I love going every chance I can get. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 overdue for a revisit, but I'm definitely not like it's not it's not it's never like my like like if I'm happy to go, but I'm never like oh that's the first place I want to go. It's not yeah, I'm like it has all the things I love like fabulous rooftops, like the best food mm-hmm. every kind of food and all kind of ethnicities and like the best museum so yeah all the things i love and fabulous um fashion and clothes so yeah i just oh yes it's long overdue i need to get to dc first but still whatever yeah i definitely need to, yeah i definitely need to get to dc before oh that. gosh 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 this so much life. travel 
so much travel. It's been like two years. So a little time anywhere. I know it's ugh, so upsetting. And because of my birthday, like I'm usually going on all these, you know, birthday trips. So all of my like Facebook memories have been me like all over the mm-hmm. place. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so next story. Oh, were you finished? Yeah, so that's it. So, yeah, and yeah, well, again, so Chicago's struggling, um, and um, and hopefully they will have a better weekend this weekend than they did last. I can't imagine. Um, you know, it's hard to imagine that it could be much worse, but um, so yeah, so um, prayers for those families. Yeah, it's just awful. It is, it's just. And yeah, like I said, I just keep thinking of 80s LA and just like how stressful that was. And like just to grow up in that environment and, you know, like kind of like a loving home and all that kind of stuff. But like your family can't insulate, it can insulate you to a certain degree. But like how much my life was touched by violence as Mm -hmm. a young person, like having, you know, several you know, cousins who were killed or knowing a little mm. girl who was actually murdered in front of her house, like, that mm. went to my church. Like, you know, like, all of, yeah, like, those kinds of things. So, it's just, ugh. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm like, it's just, you know, the poor children and, yeah, just praying that oh, Chicago. Okay. Yep. So, um, so that's what's going on in the Midwest. Um, uh, so, so, as usual, completely switching reels to something um, oh, that's actually s- still very sad, but like in a very different uh, vein. Um, this is um, out of the Washington Post, uh, an article by Allison Chu, uh, also from August 6th. And the headline is, patients are desperate to, rese- to resemble their doctored selfies, plastic surgeons alarmed by Snapchat dysmorphia. Have you heard of this? Um, I did see kind of a thing that almost made wait tell me everything about a celebrity who keeps putting filters on their baby. Uh, are you serious? I was no. like, Your babies are cute. Babies don't need filters. Like <laughs> babies are just naturally adorable. Yeah, she's adorable, and I was like, "What is wrong with you? You're crazy." But yeah, uh, that's terrible. Okay, but I totally see this because you know filters make you look fabulous. So go on. Yeah, so this is crazy. Um, plastic surgeons have noticed a rise in patients wanting to look like. They're edited selfies. The phenomenon is known as Snapchat dysmorphia. Remember the days when people would bring photos of celebrities to the plastic surgeon's office and ask for Angelina Jolie's lips or Brad Pitt's jawline? That's not the case anymore. Now people want to look like themselves, heavily edited or filtered versions of themselves, that is. (laughs) So doctors have spotted a trend of people bringing in their own selfies, usually edited with a smartphone application and asking to look more like their photos. According to an article recently published in in JAMA, Facial Plastic Surgery by researchers from Boston University School of Medicine's Department of Dermatology. They've actually coined this term. The phenomenon is known as Snapchat dysmorphia, and it's causing widespread concern among experts who are worried about its negative effect on people's self-esteem and its potential to trigger body dysmorphic disorder, a mental illness classified on the obsessive compulsive spectrum. Uh, 
from uh, Neelam Vashi, who's an assistant professor of dermatology at Boston U. Um, he says, or I'm not, I'm actually, it's Neelam Vashi. I don't know if it's a she or he. Um, they say, this is an alarming, alarming trend because those filtered selfies often present an unattainable look and are blurring the line of reality and fantasy for these patients. It's remarkable. What used to lie in the hands of celebrities and quote unquote beautiful people who are innately beautiful made to look more beautiful. Now it's in the hands of anyone. So it goes on to say um, on Snapchat, for example, the picture messaging application features upward of 20 filters that users can toggle through by simply swiping across their phone screens. Aside from adding flower crowns or puppy ears, filters can give a person freckles, longer eyelashes, wider eyes, and flawless skin, among other augmentations. Of course, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter also allow people to edit their photos in the application before uploading. And then even more so, other applications such as Facetune take things a step further. For three ninety nine, mm -hmm. users have access to a host of editing tools such as teeth whitening and making a person's forehead, nose, or waist smaller. The application has been lauded as, quote, a Photoshop editing job in the palm of your hand, and it's even called magical. While most people often use filters or editing software for minor fixes, such as clearing blemishes or plumping lips, Vashi said traditional cosmetic procedures largely can't reproduce the instant fix that people see in their edited photos. And she's quoted as saying, sometimes I have patients who say, I want every single spot gone and I want it gone by this week or I want it gone tomorrow mm -hmm. because that's what this filtered photograph gave them. They check off one thing and it's gone. That's not realistic. I can't do that. I can make people a lot better, but it will take a lot more time than a week and it won't be 100%. Um, mm. And then uh, a professor named Renee Engelm out of Northwestern University, uh, she's a psych professor there, um, who's um, uh, during a 2013 TED Talk said, our sense of what's real, what's responsible, what's possible when it comes to beauty is warped by our overexposure to these images. Engel said, instead of seeing them for what they are, which is extraordinarily rare, we start to see them as typical or average. So she describes this, um, this uh, phenomenon where people spend too much time worrying about their appearance as beauty sick. She says, when you are beauty sick, you cannot engage with the world because between you and the world is a mirror. It's a mirror, a mirror that travels with you everywhere. You can't seem to put it down. Um, so the term Snapchat dysmorphia was coined by a, a British doctor um, called, uh, named uh, Tijion Esho, and in the JAMA article, uh, it says, um, is, Snapchat dysmorphia is a form of body dysmorphic disorder, also known as body dysmorphia or BDD. The condition is a mental disorder that causes people to be, quote, extremely preoccupied with a perceived flaw in appearance that to others can't be seen or appears my, minor, according to the Mayo Clinic. Uh, so people who have BDD tend to obsess over their appearance and body image, often checking the mirror, grooming, or seeking reassurance for many hours a day. Treatments include cognitive behavioral therapy and medication. 
Um, Esho, the doctor who coined uh, the term, says, today's generation can't escape the Truman effect because from birth they are born into an age of social platforms where their feelings of self-worth can be based purely on the number of likes and followers that they have, which is linked to how good they look or how great these images are. Um, So it's just so sad. I mean, this whole thing, this whole article is just... um, you know, just the level at which people are getting their, their, you know, their self-esteem from mm-hmm. these things that are not real and that should not matter. Um, and that it's such easy, like, you know, that's part of it is just that the easy access to all this is, makes it so um, uh, readily available and easy to fall into. Um, Vashi, uh, the doctor um, from earlier, goes on to say, our society is becoming more and more preoccupied, obsessed with social media and images and photographs and what we look like. Now, everywhere you go, people are taking selfies and then going on social media. Um, and according to the annual American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery, survey selfies continue to be a driving force behind why people wish to get plastic surgery done in 2017 the survey found that 55 percent of surgeons reported seeing patients who requested surgery to look better in selfies a 13 percent increase from previous year's results um so being inundated by these edited messages on a regular basis can take a toll on people, that she says, adding that looking at a photo of yourself and not seeing the same thing reflected in the mirror or an unedited photo can make people unhappy. In some cases, it can even lead to developing, again, body dysmorphic disorder. It can bring, and she's quoted as saying, it can bring feelings of sadness. And then if one really develops this disorder, that sadness clearly progresses to something that can be dangerous and alarming. And then what's really um, more severe as this goes forward is that um, as far back as 2007, a study that was published by Primary Psychiatry found that 80, 80% of people suffering from body dysmorphic disorder experience lifetime suicidal ideation, and 24 mm. to 28% have actually attempted suicide. Oh. Uh, so, um, so it's very serious. You know, it starts with kind of this um, habit that turns into an obsession. Um, and that, um, and can turn into this, um, you know, this very disorder that has um, very serious repercussions. Um, while various experts, including plastic surgeons and psychologists, have cautioned against Snapchat dysmorphia, Vashi said it is unlikely that people will change their behavior in the near future. It sounds like people are still going to do it because they like it. They like the way they look. And she says, I'm just one small person in a big world. I can't change everything, but I can make people aware and recognize and know that it's not the real world. It's like living in a fantasy. And I think that's really like the bottom line is just the fact that so much of social media, whether it's from the photographs that you choose to post or the things that you choose to share is... um, it's a slice, you know, it's a slice of your life and it's not a, the full picture of what it is that's right. happening. Um, you know, and so, and I think both in, in this way with regard to people and their appearances and the fact that we're already a very vain culture, um, mm-hmm. 
and then um, and then further blown out to just you know what people's perceptions are of what other people's lives are you know so people think that other people's lives are so much better than theirs because of what they see on social media um, and um, and all of that can lead to just uh, you know judging yourself and judging your life and mm -hmm. wanting it to be you know, what you think somebody else has or what you see in this picture that's better than what you see in the mirror to you. And um, and it's just so sad. It's such a sad, sad state of affairs um, for um, just, I don't know, just the world at large and for these individuals. I just, it, it, it's like I said, it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's a lighter topic, but it's definitely um, yeah, just as sad. Yeah, I that. I was like, I think you're two for two today. I know, I, like, I know. Womp, womp, womp. I know, but you know, it's just you know, just this idea of. I don't know. I just, I I think that one of the things that is always, um, and it shouldn't be surprising, but I think one of the things that the, the themes that always stands out to me is how much, um, as human beings, we can take something that is meant to be um, light and sort of, you know, not, not very, um, not very consequential at all, and turn it and distort it into something awful, um, just by our obsession, mm -hmm. you know, and um, it's what we do. And it's, um, you know, and I think it's just a, a state of the human condition. Um, and and, you know, and just, again, from a theological standpoint, it makes me sad, you know, just that people um, don't have, um, you know, uh, belief systems in place that help them get their value from something other than uh, your selfie or, you know, what you look like or what, you know, right. the, what, what you see in the mirror, you know, and that, um, and that that's something that's just missing excuse me it's missing in this world is um you know uh, this this keen awareness that your value comes um from how you were designed and what you're made to you know why you're here you know kind of your great greater purpose in life and um and and that that you know that's that's not what you know that's not what social media is for that's not what it emphasizes and if you don't have anything that draws that grounds you and draws you to, to a center like that um it's easy to get swept away by all this other stuff yep so so yeah so I think it's just, I don't know, I think it's a good conversation for people to have and for, uh, you know, especially with kids. I just, you know, I just remember being, um, you know, because I think about, I, I tend, I think of Snapchat so much more as like a, you know, very. Uh, oh, I'm too old for Snapchat. I'm definitely too old for Snapchat. I don't have Snapchat, but, um, but just even just this whole selfies thing and whatever, just the. I just, you know, I, I hope it's a conversation that parents are really having with their kids, especially with young girls, because, you know, one of the things that they mentioned in the article was just, you know, how this is um, actually, no, it was a different article um, that, that you know, basically pointed out that the majority of the people that we're talking about here are, are women, are female, um, mm -hmm. and, and it's usually young female um, girls under um, 
uh, 20, I, th I think it was like 23 and under, you know, and um, just the importance of having those conversations with kids, because again, they've grown up, they, they don't know um, a world without these things, you know, like they didn't transition from the 90s, um, or, you know, the like, yeah, the basically the early 90s into the 2000s, where there was, you know, where there was actually a time where like, all of this didn't exist. And all of a sudden, it did like for these kids, this is mm -hmm. all they've ever known. And, um, you know, and I just, you know, I just remember being such a like, awkward help, you know, did I tell you I saw that movie, uh, eighth grade? Did I tell you about this? Okay. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about it? Eighth grade? No, it sounds awful. It was. <laughs> I mean, the movie, you know, the movie is. No, terrific, I'm just saying. Like, I but don't the eighth grade. Exactly. Great. And this is my point, though, because what's really interesting, it's a great movie. If you have a chance to see it, it's so well done. And it's about this 13 year old girl, the actress. And it's great because it's like they didn't get like some 30 year old to play a 13 year old. She's like a 13 year old actress who like knocks this role out of the park. And it's basically about like her eighth grade year and just how much it sucks to be 13, how much it's eighth grade sucks and, and how difficult it is, you know, and it's, it's set now in, in the, in the, you know, in the present time. So she's dealing with all these issues of like social media and putting herself out there and, you know, and, um, and as I watched the movie, um, I went with our uh, mutual friend, Annette, and we were both like, it was such a cringeworthy movie because you're like, one, like worried for her character as she like, you know, navigates all these different, you know, social issues and things that, you know, in her circle, friends or whatever. And then you're also just like reminded of like how awful that was and how awkward that was and the one thing that I that I found fascinating was that no matter who I talked to who saw the movie everyone identified with that which to me was such a like aha of like everybody hated eighth grade like everybody felt awkward like everybody mm -hmm. you know but like not you know but as me as an eighth grader as a 13 year old girl I thought I was the only one who felt that way, you know, and I didn't mm. know that everybody else, you know, that the people that seemed like they were cool and perfect and beautiful and whatever were also feeling awkward and also didn't know what they were doing, but just seemed to, you know, from my perspective, have it together. Mm. And I feel like, gosh, how much more so nowadays with social media where you're only, you know, <laughs> like where. Right you get to everybody gets to create their narrative online and so i already mm -hmm. think you're doing better than me and your facebook or your snapchat or your instagram is telling me that you're doing great too you know <laughs> and i'm the only one who's not you know um so i just think it's just such an important conversation to have with our young girls um, parents and mentors and whoever is in the life of um of these kids, um, you know, you know, starting as, as early as possible, um, that, you know, what, that that's not real. Like that, that the point that this doctor makes at the end of this article, that, that this is not the real world, that this is a fantasy, that what is on social media is not true. Um, right. And, um, and so that they don't put more stake in it and more value in it than, um, than they should. So, Anyway, that's my public service. <laughs> okay, young people, do you hear that? Young people, 
Well, parents, parents and mentors, talk parents to your young, young people. people. Yes. Yeah. Like these, these are important conversations and they're, you know, and they're going to hate talking to you about it and they're going to hate hearing about it and they don't want to be bothered by you. But like, you know, people in their lives need to be saying these things because um, no one else is. And what they're seeing on, on all these different platforms is not, is not going to. Um, yeah and I was like it's not the people they're emulating are not real like they're surgically enhanced they are airbrushed they're you know all the things that people used to say to us I'm like you know more so the surgically enhanced like that's kind of spread everywhere Mm -hmm. it's like wildfire out you know everywhere Mm -hmm. you know like it's not a real thing and that's not something you should have to attain to, you know, should mm-hmm. you know, expire to. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, if you're grown, you want to get plastic surgery to do your, your thing, but, you know, the thing is, like, because of the culture of, like, social media, like, that's the images that people see and feel inadequate, and it, like I said, 13, and you know, these years are hard enough, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. they really are hard enough. I, I would not, you could not pay me to go back to 13. Mm-hmm. Sucked. Oh, so awful. So, yeah. So, that's my newsworthy for the week. Okay. Awesome. So, um, Viral Vox. Yes. I didn't see anything that really went, like, viral, but there was something that had people up in arms. Oh. Uh, We talked about him last week, um, Mm -hmm. and there are a couple of different things. Um, One friend posted something. It kind of reminded me of something that you were saying with the Chicago thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill O'Reilly made a comment about LeBron and why isn't he doing anything for Chicago? And I was like, why does he have to do something for Chicago? But he's from Ohio. Right. Like, isn't he from like, Akron? Yeah. My thing is like, yes, you know, people with a lot of money can do anything anywhere, but why is LeBron James more responsible for doing something to help Chicago than any other person who is not from Chicago. Right. I was like, like, he's not from Chicago? Has he ever lived in Chicago? Right, right. I was like, you say like, you know, now he's in LA, he's been in Miami, like he's been in Cleveland. I was like, has he ever, what are his ties to Chicago, like outside of just being a black person who's involved in social, you know, issues or whatever, but I was just like, that's just crazy. I was like, how can you just take something that is such, to me, a non-issue and make it an issue? Like, 45, you know, talking about the Don Lemon interview. I was like, how is this something <laughs> that you're commenting on at midnight that... On Twitter. Op- on tw- he opened a school. Like, why do you have anything to say about this? But yeah, so that's been like you know, commentary this week, but LeBron isn't, again, like, he just made people mad all week. Um, He is, um, I guess, caping for black women or women of color um, on his Instagram. So he posted a pic of Beyonce's cover. Who is this? LeBron James. Oh, okay. I was like, people just been mad at him for all week about, and he just had something else for them to be mad about again. Um, so he posted a picture of Beyonce's cover and uh-huh. um, put the following underneath his caption. Nothing in this world is more powerful than colored women, which was a weird phrase, but I guess he was trying to say, you know, women of color or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, okay, you know, whatever. You, I, I, I love you, LeBron. You're good for, you know, your high school education. Like, 
good job like whatever you're doing a great job um Mm -hmm. thank you all for continuing to not settle and setting great examples in life for so many looking up to you for inspirations guidance and love my daughter is watching hashtag women power okay right I'm not mad. People lost their minds in his comments. Um, Why? Karen and Chad and whatnot were very upset because they were like, um, they went all lives matter on his post. Like, um, why do you say like colored women? It's all women are beautiful. Why did you? That's racist. And what if we said like, you know, so I'm not going to even read like specific like comments, but they were all in that thing. Stupid. Lots of them. And I was like, why like he did not say that other people were not he was just saying he was just giving props to black women women of color mm-hmm. which you know like Beyonce being on the cover of the September issue is a big deal just like Rihanna was also on the cover I believe British Vogue for September British Vogue, yep. um, what's her name um, Yara is on the cover of the Hollywood Reporter I think for September Issa Rae, well, she's on the cover of Ebony Boogie Gone Girl, looking fabulous. So <laughs> I was like, um, so yeah, so like, really? Like, I need, and people were, like, again, people were big mad about this. And I was like, I need y'all to, nope. like, stop. So I had to, like, stop reading it because, like, the comments were just so, like, ridiculous. So yeah, social media, people are mad at LeBron. Well, certain people, Karen and Chad are mad at LeBron. Everybody else is fine. Karen and Chad. Um, That is, I, yeah, I don't even, I just, whatever. People are stupid. Mm, Um, Yeah. And (laughs) I just, I don't even know. I can't. People need to shut up. Um, If Bill O'Reilly wants to do something for Chicago, he can go do something in Chicago. You have money too. Like, you know what? Right. All of y'all. Like, why does it have to be any particular, you know, like, and if I want to give a compliment to a particular group, I can give a compliment to a particular group. It does not, it's not, it's not a shorting anybody else for me to lift up someone, you know, just, I lift up someone who's rarely lifted up. Like not saying Beyonce, cause Beyonce's always lifted up, but I mean like <laughs> women. <laughs> yeah. Beyonce stay lifted up. Stay lifted. Yeah. She stay lifted up. I'm not talking about her, but like, yeah, black women in general who are not Beyonce. <laughs> All the other black women in the All world the rest of us. <laughs> who are not Beyonce. Um, Beyonce. Uh, God, I just, it's just, it's impure. Yeah, oh, some I, of, yeah, responding to Bill O'Reilly's article, well, you could take some of that money, you know, instead of harassing the money that you had to spend to pay off the people that you were, her, your coworkers you were harassing, you could have done something for Chicago. <laughs> right. I'm just like, He'll do something. Listen, I have, I am never, (laughs) I am never a fan of people telling other people what to do with their money. People telling and people counting other people's money. Oh, I I don't like it. I don't like it in, in this, like, you know, in this celebrity, like, you know, from one celebrity or another, I don't like it in politics. I don't like it in taxes. (laughs) Like, don't worry yeah. about my money. Uh, I don't, don't like worry. it in personal things. I tell you, like, there was a whole, yeah. like, social media because, like, you know, I, we used to travel, like, you know, we would go places, like, 
oh, you should be, you know, putting money in your retirement. Like, okay, how about I'm putting money in my retirement and I'm traveling at the same time? Like, how about that? How yeah. about you stop how worrying about, about yeah. my money? <laughs> right. How about you stay out of my pocketbook? How about yeah. that? How about you worry about <laughs> your little balance and your little checking account? And I'll worry about my multiple accounts. How about that? So you don't know what I'm funding out of what, and you need not be worried about it. Um, And if you were smart, you'd sit back and just let me do my thing and not shine light on the fact that you're not doing anything, Bill O'Reilly, other than harassing uh, women Women. on the job. So, um, so, yeah, so just like worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. Stay out of my pocketbook. Stays being relevant. (laughs) Man, that baby is probably in high school now. But she stayed yeah. relevant. Worry about yourself. Worry oh about yourself. God. Worry about yourself. Stay out of my pocketbook. Um, yeah. Yes. That, and, thank and, you. Know, you. Just, yeah, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so really, for Beyonce. Okay. The cover, gorgeous. Oh, like the pictures gorgeous. Are so pretty. Posted the link to the article on our um, mm-hmm. Facebook page. Um, in the that. interview, pictures are gorgeous. She talked about the birth of the twins and how um, she had difficulty. Um, I think she had tox. I can't remember what it was. Not it wasn't um, toxemia or something like that. And she was in the hospital for a long time. And mm. you know they're in the NICU and there are all these issues. Um, So she talked about that and like her rush not to um, kind of rush to like losing all the weight like she did after she had blue. Mm -hmm. Um, Blue Ivy. So and then she talked about uh, the reason why she selected oh no about her body like and how now she's you know comfortable in her new body because people have commented because you know that she hasn't lost the weight. And mm-hmm. again, she was talking about how, like, you know, what she had to go through and all of that. And she was like, um, to this day, my arms, shoulders, breasts, and thighs are fuller. I have a little mommy pouch, and I'm in no rush to get rid of it. I think it's real. Whenever I'm ready to get a six-pack, six I will go into beast mode and work my ass off until I have it. But right now, my little fupa and I feel like we are meant to be. Oh, so cute. yeah so she's like yeah this is just what y'all gonna get and she is like loving it she's like the kids love it jay love it like everyone's happy so she's like i'm good um yeah good mm-hmm. and then the reason why she selected tyler mitchell to shoot the cover he did a fabulous job oh beautiful um, job yeah she said it's important to me that i help open doors for younger artists there are so many cultural and societal barriers barriers to entry that i like to do what i can to level the playing field, to present a different point of view for people who may feel like their voices don't matter. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Beyonce for so long has gotten so much flack, you know, for being vapid. And she's kind of talked about that too, where how she was. A... She just wanted to be a star. Mm-hmm. And, you know, work to that. And she talked about how she was a people pleaser um, mm-hmm. and how now she voice and kind of um yeah just like has you know grown and matured in ways and in like in like learning and it's kind of like kind of grown mm-hmm. as a person which i'm like yeah you're in your 30s you know it's a process and i'm sure like even more difficult to do since you've been 
you know, in the public eye for well over 20 years now. So, um, good for her. So, go Beyonce. Yes, you go Beyonce. That's great. I'm, yeah. yeah I'm, and I'm so, glad. I'm glad that she's becoming more vocal and doing more, um, you know, kind of social things. It's like just kind of using her, the power that she has and the voice that she has to kind of do things. Although, I will say, you know, they're still doing this tour that I would never attend. Love ya, but I was like, I am never paying money for that kind of amount of money for a Beyonce concert. I don't care. Um, never doing it. So <laughs> on the run two is two mm-hmm. is I think in Columbia, South Carolina. Love Columbia, and oh, they yeah. closed some schools early. So people are like, "Really, y'all closed the schools because Beyonce coming?" And the people from the school district are like, "It's because of the traffic and the buses." That is why, but I was like, y'all know y'all trying to get a home so y'all can go to the concert. <laughs> so, just, come on, Columbia. A, that's, a, that's just a friend's benefit. That's I'm going to be at the concert on time, too. Yes. But uh, we saved y'all some traffic trouble. So right. I was like, that was funny. Um, that's hysterical. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, Columbia. Okay, so that was that. So, yay, Beyonce. So, the next one was something I'm going to say people... And I'm sure you don't know most of them. So this should be hilarious. Okay, mm. so um, Man Crush Monday um, apparently can get you in a world of social media trouble. People coming Uh-oh. after you. So have you heard of... you never watched American Idol, have you? No, not really. I never got into it. Yeah, so I never watched... Af- I didn't watch after, I guess, season four or something. So this person it was on season five. So former, so I'm like, I have no idea who she is. So former American Idol contestant Paris Bennett, she's the granddaughter of singer Ann Nesby, um, that a lot of people um, are familiar with. Wonderful voice. Um, she posted okay. a man named J- Michael Jamar as her man crush Monday. So most people, I barely know who this person is, do not know who Michael Jamar is. Um, but he is the former husband of singer and R&B divas castmate Kiki Wyatt. Do you know who Kiki Wyatt is? No. Okay, she's a singer. Beautiful voice, but crazy. And she has a bunch of kids. She has like 10 kids. Not all the kids are his. Like she was married before. But she loves popping out some babies. So in between singing and her career, she pops out babies left and right. So she has like 10 kids. And so this woman, so it wasn't, people knew that they were broken up, Michael and Kiki. But I don't think like their divorce was announced. So when Paris um, posted him as her man crush Monday, people went berserk. So they were talking about how he downgraded um, because, you know, she's not as pretty as Kiki. Um, oh, wow. There was a lot of, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of shaming for her dating a married man with a married man, which, you know, oh, if yeah. you were d- made, dating a married man, then yes, you need to be shamed. Um, and a lot of like, girl, why are you dating somebody with 10 kids? Like, that's crazy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all good questions yeah so that was a lot of that Um, like you stupid and then apparently she used the hashtag of one of the covers that um, um, Kiki does 
And so they thought that that was she was being messy by using a hashtag of one of the songs. So it was just a whole bunch of, of crap. Even one of Kiki's sons chimed in. Um, so it got really like messy because I'm like, okay, I need children to stay out of grown people business. Like you are a teenager, hush your mouth. But he got involved and all that kind of stuff. So it got, it was oh, messy wow. and terrible. Oh, wow. What a disaster. Yeah. And so. So they, but they are not, are they not divorced or are they actually legally divorced? Okay. So here's the thing. So Michael goes on and he responded that he is divorced. He posted pictures of the papers. Oh, okay. And stated now. he was free to be anyone's. MCM and that he deserves to be happy and loved and that was like his statement which I was like good for you know like yes go ahead like I still think she's crazy for one dating a man with all them kids but also um, best of luck to her because Kiki is crazy one of the things she's widely known for is for stabbing her ex I don't think him but I think the one before Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. So keep okay. So his ex-wife is crazy. Yeah. So that's why that's the other thing. People were like, you know, Kiki don't play. So you gonna get what the other guy <laughs> got. You know, you gonna get guy because you know she don't play. So you crazy for that too. So there's a whole lot of people calling her crazy for a myriad of reasons. Some of mm-hmm. them I agree with. Um, some because like their little one is probably like a toddler or something. So it's just a whole mm. lot of mess, and she's like under thirty. Girl, flee! Yeah, Run. I'm looking at pictures. How old is this man? I he doesn't. Think... He's not very cute. Uh, I don't Garn? see it. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. Think I don't so. see it. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, he's not. He's not unattractive. He's just. He's not, not unattractive. He's just, he's just not just... my cup of tea. Well, right. I just. It seems like a lot of him. A lot of trouble. You said it. I didn't. I didn't say uh, it. I just said yeah. what you were thinking because I know you, you did. Yes, you did. Yeah, it seems like girl. a whole lot of something for nothing. And for her to be so young, yeah. Yeah, okay. girl, girl. And like again, I mean, okay, fine. Like he's got actual divorce papers, so maybe technically you're not, you know. But um, he still had a whole lot of attachments and entanglements, girl. Get away! You, and, you mean, don't have to deal with this. Yeah, don't you don't have to. And again, just the, just wisdom, ladies. Like, let's let's okay. If you're supposed to be with somebody, like, let's let that develop over time, and maybe not like be with somebody like that at that level, like fresh off of their divorce like the ink isn't dry on their paperwork you know like everybody needs time to like I don't care if it was a marriage or an engagement or you were just like with them with them for like a long time like everybody needs a little bit of a buffer in between the breakup and the new person (laughs) hey like listen Linda listen people let me testify yes yes you need a break. Stop and even it. if it, they're saying, even if the dude's like, no, nah, I'm good, I'm, you know, whatever. No. Don't believe them. Yeah, just, okay, if you're good, fine. You'll, you'll be good. feeling about Mm-mm. that. It's complex. And you'll be good in six months. You'll be good in six months. You'll be good in a year. You'll, you'll, you'll still be, you'll be, you'll not, you'll not just be good, you'll be better. So 
but right now fresh off this like you're you still have some stuff of yours over at their place that used to be y'all's place Mm-mm. no girl Mm-mm. please ladies ladies listen a little wisdom a little discernment if it's meant to be it'll happen and if it's not then you know then you will not have wasted your time and energy and emotional investment in someone who you ultimately end up not with anyhow so these are this is all i have to say so that's a word right there is that a word (laughs) (laughs) you stupid I'm about to jump no. out this bed and run around. Wow, no, you ain't with your tires. <laughs> I ain't. I'm gonna do you know how they do those virtual walks. I'm gonna do a virtual yes. like run around. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. All right. So the last All thing right. is Oscar's so wrong. So uh oh. Oh my god. Have you heard about this crazy thing that they did? No. Okay. So the Academy, Oscars. the Academy, yeah. Yeah, what they do? Okay, so last year's Oscars ratings were super low. You know, all the controversy, blah, 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 you know, from the past couple of years, few years rather, with the Oscars so wide and all that stuff mm-hmm. and all of the sexual harassment things coming out, you know, coming out, you know, that kind of the Me Too movement. So apparently mm-hmm. ratings were very low for the Oscars last year. So apparently the Academy decided that they are going to try to fix things. And that was a bad idea. So the first thing, which is, you know, normal, is to shorten it by um, giving away some of the um, statuettes during commercial breaks. And I was like, who's going to get that, you know, short end of the stick? That's not right. Um, But whatever. Um, And then... And are people still really complaining about the? Because here's what I. Because obviously you know if you we watch like the, the Oscars, Oscars, I watch. If you like the Oscars and want to watch, if you it, like the Oscars, you it. tune in, you watch the whole thing. You know it's going to be three hours, and it's fine. Right. And it's they already is. started super early. Right. You know, for for the benefit of the East Coast, like on over here, it starts at like five, so that over there it's at like eight. And so yes. you're still going to stay up till eleven. But that's like if you're invested in watching it, you watch it. If you're not, like then you don't care anyway. So right. why even, why yeah. even address that? Because that's not your art. And that's like the thing they've been saying. They say about every award show, but we're like, okay, yeah, you keep saying this. Like no one cares. If you're going to watch, you're going to watch. Like that, the length is not the issue. Right. Okay. And so the other thing that's ugh, causing everybody, like, we go, WTF. They're adding a category for outstanding achievement in popular film. Okay. And why are we upset? Okay, because people are like, because originally they did not constitute what a popular film was and whether or not... Um, movies nominated in that category could also be nominated for best picture they later clarified that they could but people are basically you know having a pushback because they're saying that um what if a legitimate best picture contender is you know a worldwide smash is that saying that you could only that a best picture cannot also be popular like a titanic so they're saying like so a titanic would not go into a best picture category necessarily but it would go into a popular film so are you saying that just because a film was popular and well received and not like a little independent art house movie 
that it can't it's not best picture material so that's one of the pushbacks uh-huh. people were getting the other one people were very much um tying this they thought the timing was interesting because of the whole black panther thing and how there's a whole push for you know black panther and i don't really know about you know superhero movies being like best picture material but mm-hmm. they're saying like there's some you know how this will be a pushback from genre movies possibly 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 going possibly? to this <laughs> <laughs> something to drink um gosh parch possibly being in the best picture category because right now it's like a hodgepodge of like different genres and best picture kind of cover everything so they're feeling like there's going to be like a little bit of a separation um with that and so but the black panther thing was the thing was the movie that got the most attention and most people are commenting about it um and not just black twitter just people in general so there's a quote from david sims who said uh, quote unquote the black panther memorial award for movie that we're afraid won't get a best picture nomination so they're yeah so they're like you know the black um the academy is afraid that if they don't nominate black panther for best picture you know the whole oscar so white is just going to amplify and so I was like, so they're doing this like as a result. So here's another comment. Um, he said, as for a quote unquote popular film award, it is a ghetto and will be perceived that way. Imagine if they instituted it this year. Oh, it's lovely that the rabble went to Black Panther. Here's a special fake Oscar it can win. This is just a head slapper on all counts. Um, Another person said, um, there is already an award for popular films. It's called Money. I have no particular problem with the other new Oscar moves since this on a three-hour show, whatever. And to move it to a couple of weeks earlier won't help a thing, but won't hurt anything. It is truly hmm. something that in the year Black Panther, a movie made just about entirely by and with black people grosses 700 million the academy's reaction is we need to invent something separate but equal gosh i don't know i feel like it's a real big overreaction i get it but i feel like it's the timing again like it's always the optics it's like it is. An, I, years, yeah, I feel like it's a reaction to the optics more so than the thing itself. Because to me, I, I mean, I love Black Panther. I saw it Oscar four movie. or five times. It's not an Oscar movie. Um, it's it was never going to be up for best film. Um, and people who have said that or think that don't watch the Oscars and don't understand what the best film category is about. Yeah. So the fact that the um, that there's now a category with that might it like Black Panther that otherwise wouldn't get an Oscar because they don't really, you know, they get Oscars for other things, you know, right. like, Black Panther's going to get an Oscar for something, not actor, best picture. But I feel that no. this is, I feel they're pandering. I feel they're afraid. And instead of like really addressing the real issues, um, that the Oscar has with not acknowledging people of color who are actually doing um, 
work that is should be recognized by the academy they're doing this like that's what i have a problem with i'm like instead of like nominating people who are actually doing like great work and not like kind of pandering to people like Mm -hmm. you're you know you know you're pandering to people instead so that's my my issue and hollywood not green lighting different types of movies that Mm -hmm. are not superhero movies you know you know whatever like quality like well-written movies Mm -hmm. you know of substance so that's my issue and i was like this is a piece of crap i think people are kind of you know like i said I think um, it's a crap. I was like, it's not the MTV Awards. The next thing is going to be like right. best kiss, best action sequence. Like, you know, right, like, right, yeah. Be who you are, but like, be a better version of you. Right. And like, here's the thing. Like, I think, and and uh, you know, I agree. I agree with you. And I think that. Well, um, that's where you just need to stop. I'm like. That's, that's <laughs> And that's all I have to say about that. Yes, no, one thousand percent. Um, but I, um, you know, I it's just I don't know. I guess part of me can see it's it's a bad attempt at addressing or trying to be preemptive about something that they're mm-hmm. seeing and it's it's but it is what it looks like to kind of walk on a little bit on eggshells and not knowing you know like thinking that you have to do something and just doing something and not knowing what it is you're supposed to be doing you know like i just it's yeah. it's 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 not smart it's um, so stupid <laughs> but um but yeah. I, you know, like I could so like I see goal. where it's coming from. Like, it's not like, you know, so I, just, uh, yeah. I don't know. But their I goal like, of not, yeah. you know, having any controversy and spoiling like controversy, not gonna happen. Well, no, not, not with this, but with you know, this. um, get some more black people in the room besides, um, homegirl. Well, yeah, homegirl's been in the room. Homegirl with her, uh, with her new stylist that she recently got, um, yeah, I said some more people besides her. There needs clearly needs to be some more people in the room because y'all not listening to her, or she, or she, or she, or she. Yeah, I don't know, but I think I don't know. I just think like this in and of itself. Like you said, I think it's an optics issue. I think it's an issue of um, you know people kind of um, not trusting the academy and questioning their intentions, and um, and and rightly so. And um, but I think in and of itself, this idea of there are films that have kind of this popular, um, you know, um, following and that, you know, that maybe can have access to an Oscar based on that popularity like that in and of itself. But I don't don't think, though, I think like we said, like their reward is money. I don't think that like. Michael Bay is trying to win an Oscar. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't even think that people who are doing these big, like, True. commercial movies, action movies, you know, like, uh, whatever that Tom Cruise movie is, like, I don't think their goal is, like, Mission oh, Impossible. Yeah. No, I know Mission Impossible. I was trying to think oh. of the free faller. I was trying to think of the other title. It's called okay. Mission Impossible Fallout. Fallout. See, I keep saying free fall. 
Anyway, so I was like, <laughs> I was trying to avoid not saying it, and then you ridiculed me, and then I had to just go on and say it. I um, like, you. no, like, that I know, but, like, the other word in the t- movie. Like, what's up with go see a movie without me? He's like, I know you didn't want to go see it. I really wanted to go see it. I was like, and you were correct, sir. I hope you had a good time. Oh, my God. It's so the good. Every commercial would go, come on, I was like, oh, this guy. Like, can't stand him. He's like, it looks kind of good. I'm like, oh, it's going to be terrible. It was really good. <laughs> it was. I mean, he's good at this. Is the this is what he's good at? He's not good at other and stuff. Again, this do is what you he's think good at. Tom, Tom Cruise? You know, like again, Michael Bay, those kind of people. Like they do their thing. Like the technical awards and for all mm-hmm. that other stuff. But like, I don't. They're not trying to win Best Picture because they know that it's not Best Picture, and they. Again, their money makes them fine with all the oodles and oodles of money they make. Makes them okay with that. Right. You made no money making this little art house film. You get an mm-hmm. Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did see one article that made me upset. They talked about like no longer are we making movies like The English Patient and some other movie they said, and then they said Shakespeare in Love, and I was like, Shakespeare in Love was crap. Are you kidding me? Like, don't put that in the same time as, like, a popular... People like, love Shakespeare in Love, though. And I saw it, and I was like, I don't... Like, it was a cute movie, but to me, it wasn't an Oscar movie. And so no. I was like, I don't understand what's happening right now. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, so I, that, like, maybe I was like, no! Don't them in the same category as movies. <laughs> but that's not true. Like, just the what was the one? Um, first of all, I, I hated the English patient, so don't get me started on that. But you know, I've never seen it because it just, oh my god, boring. it is the most boring. Like, and it has to be like, a, speaking of things that are too long, that movie had to be like three hours of like endless, just like the same people on this, you know, I, it was just the same two people. Like face to face on the screen for hours, it was horrible. Yeah, it reminds uh, me of those quiet movies. I was like, you know, if you're gonna be three hours long, you better freaking be the Godfather. You better like be the you best. better be Robert De Niro <laughs> giving it to me. I mean, just slaying it. Um, <laughs> that's what you better be. Yeah, but um, but otherwise, yeah, no, keep it down to like a good you know hour forty five, and we'll be done. Right. Um, but no, um, but just this past Oscar season, there was that movie with, um, oh, the guy that I love from, um, who's always in period pieces, and it was a romance. He's a dressmaker. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The one that I thought was the Phantom Thread. <laughs> yes. The Phantom Thread. I thought it was we a Star Wars movie. You thought it was a Star Wars movie. That's right. And that then I was like, so oh. funny. I was like, I cannot. I still cannot believe you thought it was a Star Wars movie. Yes, the like, Phantom I Thread. The Phantom Thread. I was like, the Phantom. I just, I just said the Phantom Menace. Yes, I saw that. It was a Daniel Day Lewis was in it. Daniel Day Lewis. Thank but, you. And I cannot. There was like a dress on the. Yeah, I saw yes. all those things, and I was still like, "Oh, Star Wars franchise—they're getting real like different right now." But I saw wow, the Phantom wow, Man, and I just immediately <laughs> found Phantom Menace, and I was like, "Nope, don't, 
care. I don't have to see that. Sorry. Thanks for no thanks. That is still and hysterical. Then to me. It. I was like, yeah, okay. Well, that movie sounds like something I'm all right. About. I was fascinated. Like, until you explained to me what your issue was, I was like, what is wrong with you? You would really like this. Anyway, but I'm just saying that's very much a film in that genre of um, of the English patient or other movies like it is kind of like period piece, retrospective, you know, heavily dependent on writing and dialogue and, you know, and, and act, acting heavy and all of that. So, um, so yeah, so I, I disagree with even just that statement that those movies aren't being made anymore. Those movies are out there. They're just, uh, they are not, again, going back to our topic here. They're no, not they're popular. saying like, no, but they're saying like the English people, people saw the English patient though, like how they are like kind of, I guess, studio They're not movies. popular. Yeah. yeah. They're saying like those, you know, Oscar movies aren't making money. Where I was like, you know, I was like, okay, well, some of them are like people don't care about them. People, most people don't even haven't even heard of them, which I was like, that's a thing. So I think they're also yeah. trying to attract people. But they're not making money comparatively, right? right? Because like, you know, the, the millions of dollars that Black Panther made. Um, is, you know, obviously the Phantom Thread is nowhere near that, you know, so, but there is an audience that, you know, myself, you and a bunch of other Oscar movie watching people included who are looking for those films that are outgoing and paying to watch those. Um, but they're mm-hmm. not pop. They're not by definition, they're not popular, but they're, they're not, and they're not they're The audience isn't the populace. It is a very, you know, specific audience that Mm -hmm. that those you know so that's nothing new i don't feel like that's i mean i don't know that that's a new thing it's not but you know stop trying to pretend to be um what do you call it um populist when you're you're just not you're an award show for a very specific right audience and that's what you are be be yourself we have again we have the mtv awards we have all these other places that i'm like the freaking golden globes like they love like that kind of stuff so i was like let's crazy foreign press yeah so let's just (laughs) leave that be there so yeah it's just insane so yeah that's that's it i'm not talking about this anymore that's um, <laughs> let's wrap the wait tell me everything up like just wrap it up a little bow okay nice a little bow okay beautiful so pretty it. yeah so pretty bow i feel like we talked about stuff but let's get personal go for it <laughs> okay are you gonna uh, talk about running again what why can't i talk about running oh gosh okay I wasn't you saw talk- the thing that i posted about uh, jogging here's- so Chris, Kristen sends me this threat, this picture, this little gif of a t-shirt, and the, what was it? The teacher says, "I was thinking about going jogging," mm-hmm. but then Proverbs something says, <laughs> "What was it? It was so stupid." Flee from you know people, people who run without someone chasing them or evil or something. something. The wicked, yeah. The wicked wicked run run with no one chasing them. Yes, that's what it says. That is what it says. That's the gist of it anyway. Yeah, um, that is the gist of it. Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, So I was like, 
I was like, oh, so we're just taking scripture out of context now? <laughs> Fun. Let's do more of that. That's nothing sad. nothing bad can come from taking scripture completely oh, out of context. God, stop it, but yes. That's terrific. Okay, go on with what you're saying. What's going on with you? Okay, so my first thing is today is a special day hmm. because uh, the colonel is this is today is his seven year adoptiversary. Yay, Colonel! So Yay, glad Colonel! You made it. Looks like we made it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, this dog um, came home with me seven years ago, and um, and I don't know if I've ever talked about. Oh, it's funny he heard his name and he walked over here. He's like, um, what? Hmm? He's like, excuse me, me? pardon me. What? Yes. Are Do you, you have a my story? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I want to give me something to eat. Um, he came home with me seven years ago, um, and I was I was not ready. Um, I had a dog. I had, <laughs> I had Taxi. Had, he was not a dog. Uh, taxi he was a was little, a little man. man. He was a little old man, and um, and I'd had Taxi forever. And Taxi was a like Taxi. I'd had like since I was oh gosh, I got Taxi when I was twenty. 22 or something like that um and he um was with me for going like 17 years so um and he was in that he was in his last year of life when we got um the colonel and um and taxi had been just like this perfect dog you know he had he showed up ready kind of just out of the box ready to go he was a year and a half old when i got him so it was 60, I had him for 16 and a half years because he was a year and a half old when I got him. Um, and um, he um, came, you know, potty trained and he was just always, he was always a good dog. I never had to take him to training because he was really pretty docile. He liked to chill. He liked to go for a walk. If he didn't want to walk, he was fine with staying home. He never tore anything up. Like he wasn't a big, like, you know, dog. Like, you know, I never came home to like things just like, you know, he obliterated. He was so chill. And like, so chill. I do not like dogs. I would open, you would open the door. I would walk in, text, you know, run to the door, see who it is, see that it was me literally just turn around and walk away mm-hmm. like, he's very smart yeah like no barking no like why come mm-hmm. on come on come on play with me he's just like oh her all right yeah bye. so yep. yeah like super smart and chill love taxi love taxi and so um so yeah so when i got the colonel i was one really looking for a companion for taxi because he was getting older and i thought it would be good for him to kind of have actually it was my sister's idea um for you know kind of get him somebody to um pep him up a little bit and then actually did and help. for you and for me to kind of have like a dog so it's, you know it was clear Transition. that like taxi was like transitioning out and all that sort of thing so but the colonel came in and he was not taxi um and, mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. oh man he was just a completely different dog and it was so she wanted um, to give him back Oh yeah, because there's a clause for any anyone who's never uh, rescued a dog from an adoption agency before. It's not like getting them from the pound. And um, when you adopt a dog from a rescue agency, number one, you fill out a like five page application, like you're adopting like a child. Um, 
they come and do a home inspection, like you're adopting a child. Um, and then if you pass the application process and you pass the home inspection, then they'll allow you to bring the animal home. And, um, and there's a clause, there's a contract that you sign when you pick up the animal and the contract has a clause in it that says, should anything, you know, not work out or if you choose at any point, any point in this animal's life, like tomorrow or 10 years from now, you agree in writing by signing this form that you will bring the dog or the cat or whoever back to us, like back to this rescue agency. You won't turn him into the pound. You won't just give, you know, leave him or abandon them or whatever. Um, so I was ready to activate that clause with the Colonel uh, <laughs> on many an occasion as uh, not, the way taxi was he was not ready and uh out of the box ready dog he was um had trouble with uh, potty training we had trouble chewing on things we had trouble um staying off of furniture i mean he was just it was such a struggle so there was definitely i would say you know it was again this is this is a seven year um anniversary of him coming home and i would say we spent august through like early january like struggling um to mm. to get him to act right and um and me trying to like figure out like what you know like and me, like doing a whole lot of reading and studying and learning about training dogs and stuff things that i'd never had to do with taxi and it wasn't until like january that we kind of turned a corner uh both of us because i had to come to terms with like who he was like the actual dog that i had in front of me and um and he kind of you know and he learned some things and he got better and you know and he chilled out a little bit um and he He's gotten, you know, and it's just night and day. Like he's such a good now, um, and um, and I'm so grateful for him. And you know, and and because of him, we have a cat. You know, because he's um, unlike Taxi. Taxi was a perfect dog, except he didn't like cats. Um, the Colonel was not a perfect dog up front. He got a lot better. He learned a lot. He's much more obedient. He's very smart and did finally really respond to training and a lot of work, but we did a lot of work together. <laughs> and, um, and he's a cat lover. So because um, he's a cat lover, I got him a cat um, about um, three years into our time together. He, he got a cat. So because of that, we have a cat, which we also are really happy about. And so, um, yeah, and I can't really imagine life without either of them now. Um, and so happy, happy anniversary to my sweet, cuddly Colonel dog. Um, he's a good boy. Yay. So, he's a good yay. boy most of the time. Most of the time, he's a good boy. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So in other news for myself, and let's get personal. I'm really excited about my latest purchase of a kitchen appliance. I bought a spiralizer. Did I tell you about this? Mm, I saw it on Facebook. Oh, you saw the pictures? Mm. So I've been, because there's all these recipes and there's a whole section. Um, a few months ago, I alluded to the cookbook that I purchased, my one cookbook that I own. <laughs> and can't, I can't even. I know. That. So in this cookbook, there's a whole section on uh, different recipes with um vegetable noodles like you know zucchini noodles and you know other squash zoodles, zoodles yes zoodles um 
And then a lot of her other recipes, like those are some of the serving suggestions, like, you know, serve it over zoodles. And I'm like, oh, I really, you know, so finally I was like, you know what? And then I saw at the store, they had like the pre-prepared, like already, like you can just buy the zoodles already made. Mm -hmm. But one, it's super expensive. And two, they're not fresh. So I bought one once and I, you know, like if you don't eat them immediately, like they're not fresh. So... I was like, so finally I broke down, went on Amazon, found like the best like five star review one or whatever and bought it. And I really like it. It's super easy to use. And I've been eating my um, delicious, um, I made in the Instant Pot this week, I made an Italian pork ragu, which is so tasty. It's pork tenderloin and this yummy like zesty tomato sauce. And instead of serving it, over pasta I've been serving it serving it over zoodles um so I bought a bunch of like zucchini like it was like zucchini all over the the kitchen and um and yeah and it's great like it's so filling like it's kind of like oh why haven't I you know like it's so it you it tastes fine like you don't really miss the taste of the pasta Mm -hmm. and it's super filling and, um, you know, and really like you're, you know, you're just like, it's mostly all about the sauce and it, it's a really good ragu. So, so yeah, so I've been doing that all week and that's been terrific. I'm totally obsessed with it. And the one that I got, um, is just, you know, just a regular, well, there's like all kinds of them on the market. Um, and this one comes with a few different blades. I've only experimented with one of them. Um, and, um, yeah, for, for what I paid, I think it was like 20 bucks, 25 bucks or something. Like, it's perfect. It's okay. e- easy to use, easy, easy to clean, and um, and a really good way to have, like, a, a especially healthy meal um, without all the carbs and everything. So that's super exciting. And my last thing that's related to this is this week I did all three of my runs, just like I've been doing every week, running three times a week. And mm-hmm. my app, I mentioned them at my, you know, the Couch to 5K thing. Yeah. Um, but this week was the week we went from going, you know, two long runs to one long run. So on Wednesday morning, um, I did my first full 20 minutes straight of running and it went really well. Um, so I feel really good. I was really proud of myself. My ankle and my heel felt really good, which of course is, you know, has been the, the thing that's been the concern, um, all along and why I hadn't been running and everything. So, so now it's just all one long run from here on out. We're just got 20, we're going to stay at 20 minutes for a while. And then I think it bumps you up to 25, then 28 then 30 and then eventually 35 I think is where the app takes you up to um so there you have it I'm really excited about that and the other thing in correlation in in conjunction I should say with all of this the healthy eating and the getting the running back up to speed is that as of my weigh-in um yesterday morning I am down 6.7 pounds Awesome. Yeah. yeah so get it, get it, get it, girl. Get it, get it. Get it. So anyway, um, so yeah, so that's exciting. I'm happy about that. Um, and, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all, it's all, everything's, everything's good over here. And, um, you know, there's, uh, there's 
I'm sure it's national news. We have all these fires in California. Yeah. Um, so today it was like apocalyptic because we're we're now in the in the LA basin. We're finally receiving all of the smoke from these fires. Oh. Like the like so there's not any actual fire anywhere near where I am or even not even anywhere near where I work this time because in the past there has mm-hmm. been fire close to work. Um, so there's not any like immediate pending fire right here, but um, the fires have been gaining and um, growing and the smoke from them is finally making its way over. So it was that weird, like apocalyptic sky, you know, cause it was a, it was an otherwise clear and sunny day. And then the smoke moved in and so it just makes the sky this kind of eerie orange glow you know because mm-hmm. it's so it's just weird um and i'm sure the I'm, i mean i'm really glad that i got all my runs out of the way because i'm sure the air condition uh for running right now is probably not great with like this these little bits of um ash or whatever um mm, so yeah. yeah so just um you know praying for the people whose you know homes are uh, in in the line of fire, literally, like, um, so, and uh, mostly out in yeah. the Inland Empire, so. Yeah, I've um, seen a few people thank the firemen for their um, work who live out there, just some pictures from different people. Yeah, yeah, so definitely pray for the firemen who are all, you know, obviously um, in the thick of it, and then for those who um, who are, you know, praying that their house is not uh, devoured by by flame so mm. um so yeah so that's what's going on over this way what about you um nothing too special like just the same thing um working it's been raining cats and dogs here oh, storming wow. and hot and um i like to stay out of it so i stay out of it a couple of times this week I was like either I'm just gonna stay at home or I'm gonna stay at work until it stops and then I'm going to go so like just kind of try to plan my day around not being out in all of the torrential downpour because it's mm-hmm. not like regular rain it's like ridiculous um also um just working as you know um I'm kind of working with one of our mutual friends who has a practice. So mm-hmm. um, great for them. Their um, practice is like expanding at a very rapid pace. So awesome. I, yeah. So I've been like a little busier um, kind of working with them and doing some things um, like admin work and um, they're starting a nonprofit to go along with the practice and kind of, working on those kinds of things. So it's kind of nice also to kind of step outside of real estate for a little bit. Cause I don't mm-hmm. have like, you know, like one thing really like actively pending right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of nice to just kind of step outside and kind of do some things that I used to do and like kind of, yeah. So that was nice. And then, and, and also learning something, new and um i'm very excited because we have like a meeting you know i'm going to meet with them tomorrow that i get to have some more time with hopefully my biocharger 
Oh, the biocharger. Yes. So, yes, very excited about that. So, great. And then I'm keeping the girls this weekend. So, I may be out there, like I said, depending on whether or not um, I have any other um, meetings that get put on my schedule this week, I might just stay out there for a little while and hang with the girls. Nice. Um, work in a quiet, well, somewhat quiet. It'll be quiet when they're at school. So, I can like get work done in a quiet environment and catch up on my TV watching. Because oh, that's that, what I do when I'm there. They have cable. They have cable, fire stick. They have everything. Because again, like they're a family with children. So they right. have every form of entertainment that's available. Nice. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. So that's Good. Why, yeah. Like I said, it's the same, same stuff, but. All good, you know, no news is, you know, like crazy things. So there's some other things that are happening probably towards the end of the month. So I'll talk about that. Mm, suspense. Um, later. Not suspense. Like, it's not really my news, but it's like, I'm happy for my friends. <laughs> okay, well, that's always good, too. Yeah, I'm happy for my friends. The gentlemen of, of Back of the Cedar Theater podcast, they're at a film festival here at the end of the month, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, trying to get the gang together to go to that, so. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so that'll be fun, so happy and excited for them, so. Yep. Great. Terrific. Well, very good. Well, that's, it's been, um, it's been enlightening. Um, and sure. Informative. Yeah, I guess. I've had a good time. Hmm. Even if you haven't. Yeah. Oh, and I have to tell you, I was like, I, I can't, literally, I can't talk anymore. But I have to talk <laughs> about what's happening with Married at First Sight next week. Oh, Because there's more information about the crazy girl who finally admitted that she was lying. So, but, oh. The I Indian girl? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. Finally admitted that she's lying and just... Yeah, she she's a whole mess. She's a whole, I don't like him, but she, I don't even know if he deserves her. She a whole mess. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. ooh, okay. Well, uh, some I'll hear about right. that next week. Yes. Oh, <gasps> wow! Wow! Okay. It's one o'clock and I have a morning meeting. I need to go to bed. Okay. Well, you go to bed, and I'm gonna get there too. Alright, yes, first you have to come up with a witty title and edit the show. <laughs> Great! Again, props to Drea, because she does the things that I just have no capacity for. You would never get a podcast if it um, was oh, left God. to me Oh God, you would edit. never get a podcast if it was up to Kristen. No. Because mm. I like to start things, I don't like to finish <laughs> things. She's not, she's not what we call a finisher. Again, self-awareness. I fully <laughs> acknowledge who I am, and I love it. Wow. Take Ow. it Wow. All righty. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks. 
Wait Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find all available listening platforms at anchor.fm forward slash wait tell me everything. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out and get social with us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and IG at wait tell me pod. Questions, feedback, or something you'd like us to tackle? Email us at waittellmeeverything at gmail.com.